AM 630 The Word is proud to feature our Church of the Week. Our desire is that you will get to know the pastors and churches in our community and find a church you and your family can call home. Here's the host of our AM 630 The Word Church of the Week program, Director of Ministry Development, Marcus Burgos. Thank you and welcome once again to AM 630 The Word. And we are here again at Church of the Week. I'm so excited because, like I say every time, I enjoy and I love the national preachers, the people on TV, the men and women that travel from coast to coast, and they preach the Word, and they travel all over the world. It's wonderful. I love them. But there's something there's a special place in my heart, and I know your heart as well. We love and we appreciate the work of the men and women in our backyard, the men and women that are preaching the Word, that they're here in San Antonio Every day, and they're, they get stuck in traffic with us. We bump into them at the mall, and we love them because they are rolling up their sleeves. They are touching our lives. They're touching our families. They're the ones that we call when we're in the hospital. They're the ones that we call when, when something breaks out, when something's not right. And so I thank God for this program because this program features the local pastors. It features the local churches in our beautiful city, this great city of San Antonio. You know, the Bible says in Isaiah 60, talks about arise and shine for your glory has come. There's a time where we have to rise up and let the glory of the Lord just shine in and through us. And I thank God because today I believe I believe that the glory of the Lord is upon this church and upon this man. I have uh, none other than Pastor Miguel Ferias from Oak Hills Church West Campus here in the house, here in the studio. And I'm so excited. If, if, you, if you think you're mistaken, you are not mistaken. Oak Hills Church is back on KSLR. They're, they're in the house. And they're in the house by, with the representative of the West Side Campus, Pastor Miguel Feria. Pastor, welcome. Welcome to uh, the Church of the Week, AM 630, The Word. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm so excited, man, uh, that you are here. It has been many, many years that Oak Hills has not been on the air with us. And then uh, I was so excited to be able to, to meet you and to have you respond to the invitation that you accepted. So thank you for, for, for that. And I want to I talk to you, Pastor, because in our little pre-interview, I learned so much about you. And I had to stop you because I, I, didn't want, I wanted you to share it with, uh, with the audience and I want to I want to ask you a little bit about about yourself. Give us give us some of your testimony. How, how where are you from? How did you get saved? Give give us a picture of who Pastor Miguel Feria is. Well, in the word, uh, people call me and there's not a designation I give myself, but they've called me the, the ghetto pastor, the ghetto pastor. The, yeah. But, you know, and so <laughs> I've kind of taken it as a moniker and a badge of honor because, yeah. you know, I, I'm born and raised in Los Angeles, you know, between downtown and East L.A. Mm. I always jokingly say Chicha and Chong were my next door neighbors, <laughs> um, drug dealers behind the alley of my house yeah. uh, gave me uh, weed when I was 10 years old. And wow. so I experimented with drugs from, you know, 10 to 15. And then I went hardcore and did, you know, started shooting up and did you know, tried heroin, I shot up cocaine regularly, and then, you know, moved on to, to crack and meth and other things. I've been arrested. Yeah. I quit school. Um, uh, and, and, you know, very violent uh, uh, home, you know, at, at six. Me and my cousin were sitting on the porch, and there was 
two gang members shooting at each other in front of our house. Um, at eight, I found my sister uh, drowned in a pool, and she right. was two. And uh, so a uh, little bit of violence from stepfathers. Yeah. Uh, I had a stepfather smash me through a water heater door once when he was mad at me. Wow. And uh, another stepfather used to hit me with two-by-fours hmm. to discipline me. And so I was uh, very hurt, very rebellious, you know. And, very uh, angry, I would imagine. Oh, yeah, very angry. And the only thing really that saved in my upbringing is, is that I was good with cars. I was good with working with my hands. And I had an uncle that uh, um, owned a, a gas station. Yeah. And so it was either nine miles or nine blocks to my house after school or six blocks to the gas station. Right. So I go to the gas station, hand them wrenches, pump gas, and uh, I eventually ended up becoming a race car engine builder. Wow. And uh, so God called me away from that, which is all I ever wanted to do was build race cars, and I left that to get in, into the ministry. But anyway, I had a 1960 El Camino, uh, had Craigers on it, slammed on the ground, tuck and roll interior, and the transmission went out. And uh, so I asked the guy at work who, tall black kid named Mark, uh, who would carry his Bible all the time. Yeah. And I would always get mad at him because when work was over, I was head of the, the engine shop. He was in the machine shop. I'd say, hey, go around and collect money, get beers. You know, he's like, I can't buy beers. I'm like, yes, you can, you know, <laughs> and he would never do it. Well, uh, my car was the transmission was broken. So I said, Mark, I need a ride home. And he said, I can't give you a ride home. Uh, I'm going to church. Yeah. And, you know, I always thought I was slick and manipulative. And I said, well, I don't know about church or Jesus, but I'm pretty sure he wants you to help me. <laughs> and I always thought I was smarter than him, but evidently I think he was smarter than me. Uh-huh. And he said, I'll give you a ride after church. There you go. And I was like, I'm not going to church. You know, look at me. I'm not going to church. And plus my mom warned me, watch out for the tongue people, you know, because yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to be there all night. And he's like, don't worry, it's, it's an Anglo church, it'll be 59.9 minutes exactly, you don't have to worry, it'll be short. And then, so my next question was, okay, where is it? Right. And it was like 10 miles from my house, so I was like, you'll have me home in an hour and 10 minutes? And he was like, yeah, uh, I promise. So I said, okay, let's go to church. And looking back, I don't know why I went in. Right. I mean, an hour, he could have did his thing, I could have sat outside, you know, smoke cigarettes, chilled, wait for him. You know, I couldn't play on the cell phone, because there was no there cell were phones no back cell then, phones. you know. <laughs> Like 86 or something. But um, I went in. Yeah. And another young kid named Prince Hall, black kid, who was hooked on the same drugs I was. Mm-hmm. And um, he, he was getting baptized. It was a Wednesday night. It was the end of the service. The minister was a guy named Bob Winkler who got a letter to play for the Dallas Cowboys. Mm-hmm. And uh, he decided to become a minister instead. Wow. Um, so I saw Prince get baptized. And... Uh, I looked at Mark and I said, I got to get baptized. Really? And he said, you can't get baptized. And so this is my, like basically my first night really in the church yeah. as an adult. And uh, I said, what's wrong with you? First, you know, you're a Christian. You don't want to help me. Then you take me to a church and you don't want me to get baptized. So I ran down the front and everybody's leaving. And, you know, I'm frantic. Hey, I got to get baptized. And the guy's like, calm down, little, you know, Mexican fella. Be calm. <laughs> and and uh, so... He calls everybody back in. We got another baptism, and it was weird. We go back to this room, and Mark catches up with me at yeah. this time, and the minister literally tells him, Mark, good job. And I'm so angry and rebellious. You know, I'm like, don't thank him. He didn't even do nothing. <laughs> he didn't even want to bring me, you know, so I'm already like. And so we're there, and, and uh, 
somebody opens the door and it was so weird and they hand in this white robe. Right. And I just snap, you know, because at the time, you know, uh, I'm doing a lot of drugs. I would get paid about 750 to a thousand dollars on Tuesday. By Wednesday morning, I would have no money. I, w- I would drop my whole paycheck and one night on drugs. Wow. And so, you know, I was just stuck, but I knew I needed a way out. And I saw that and I was dirty and ashamed. And I saw that robe that somebody brought in. And mm-hmm. for me, it was like somebody stole a robe of an angel right. when they were like showering or something and brought it in. And when the door opened and I saw how white it was, I knew I wasn't pure. I knew that was purity. And it was almost like they brought it in and the robe was going, ah, you know. <laughs> and I looked at the robe and I looked at the minister and I said, I'm sorry, I can't do it. And he was like, what's wrong? And I remember I kind of held out my arms because, you know, my arms were still, you know, skinny and, and had marks on them. And he's, I, I said, you know, it, it, it doesn't really take a test. You know the life that I'm living, right. you know, and had huge hair and earrings and a teardrop tattoo and a little H on my hand. And, and uh, he goes, let me ask you a question. Do you love Jesus? And I, it's my first time in the church. First you, time. I mean— I knew what he, the answer he wanted, but in my heart, I was like, I'm not sure. But I knew he wanted yes. So, you know, I, that's why I answered. I said, yes, I think so. And he said, well, then give Jesus your life and let him worry about what it'll be. Mm. And, and so I said, okay. And I got baptized. And uh, that night I went home and I smoked crack. Hmm. And so it wasn't instantaneous. but. Right. Um, the church though was always there and it was weird because I would party all night Saturday. I would get home at six 30. I would set the alarm clock for nine o'clock, take a shower and go to church at, for the 10 o'clock service. Yeah. And, and I'd be high and I would sit right in the front and it, it was a very middle to upper middle class Anglo church. Mm-hmm. But then the, the, the Hispanics meant, you know, all in Spanish. And at the time my Spanish was really bad. And then, there's a lot of pretty girls, so I knew I shouldn't, you know, the minister was Ruben Lozano. He was like, oh, Miguel, come and be with us. And I was like, no, nah, I'm pretty sure I should just stay over here. Yeah. But they would, uh, they would preach, and at the end would be announcements and prayer time. Yeah. And I would be sitting at the front every service just crying. Wow. And they would say, Miguel, do you want to say something? And, and I don't know what would be wrong with me, but I would say yes. And I'm like thinking back. Don't give a high kid the microphone. <laughs> and I would take it and I would just cry. And I say, I'm high right now. I was up all night. I can't stop it. I can't help myself. I can't stay clean. And I mean, everybody would come. 450 people would come down. They would just pray over me. And then finally, you know, they were like, you just, you need to celebrate your small victories. Right. And, and you need to live in the moment. And you just need to ask Jesus continually because Thessalonians says pray without ceasing. Right. And you just need to be constantly in prayer that God will keep you clean. Uh-huh. And, and, but just for the moment, don't think about later. Think about now. And then when you're clean now, then you celebrate that little period that you were clean and don't worry about it. And mm-hmm. so the moments, you know, after a couple months... You know, I finally was able to be clean for one day, literally. Wow. And, but I would just celebrate that one day. Exactly. I would tell the, the church or my mentors or, you know, the minister, hey, I was clean for a day. And, you know, they would celebrate. Yeah. You know, they would tell people, hey, Miguel was clean for a day. Woo-hoo! You know, and then after like three months, I, I would be able to make a week. But inevitably, all I tried to do is be clean one day longer. Because right. one day the minister told me, 
and, and you know, I would be clean for a week and then I would fall. And he, he would say, don't take it bad. Mm-hmm. You know, you were clean for one week. You That's were clean for seven days. Yeah. And now you had a break. But as you're going back in to trying to be clean again, he said, you, you take that time where you are. Yeah. And, and you already know you could do it. You already know you could do seven days. So do seven days again. And they have one more. Right. And so I, that's all I tried to do. God, just keep me clean. Keep me clean. Keep me away from people, you know. And, and I mean, back there, there's no cell phones, but there was, you know, pagers. And I just paid somebody and they bring it to the shop, you know. Yeah. And so I was just praying all the time. And the, so the wanna, weeks turned wanna, to months. And I want to fast forward now because we've heard this, this powerful testimony. I mean, I'm sure somebody needs to hear that that is listening today that is struggling even even if it's a parent of someone that is that is struggling with with addiction or struggling with with some type of bondage that it's it's not over it's not over there's always a chance but i want to as we as we are here at church of the week now how does this testimony transition into you becoming pastor you know there there had to be some preparation some some education some challenges some uh, moving you moved from la to to san antonio and and here you are today. Talk to us now about your ministry, because I don't think there's anyone uh, so prepared to minister in an inner city uh, environment than someone that has been through the inner city and all its lumps and all that it has to offer. So tell me about uh, West Side Campus a little bit. Tell me about the ministry, how that transition happened. Well, sure. Well, it was actually from that church where I was converted. Yeah. And there was no place for me in the church. You know, uh-huh. the adult class was like a geriatric class and old people with walkers. And, and I went to the college class, but they were all BMW driving yuppies. And here I am, you know, mm-hmm. looking all cholo and whatever. I didn't fit in there. Right. I go to the little kids class, but my butt wouldn't fit in the seats, you know. <laughs> and so I went to the high school and they told me you can't be here because you're not in high school. Right. And I'm like, well, there's no place for me in your church. And so the minister, the youth minister said, well, I'll tell you what, you could be in here, but not as a, as a student. You're going to be the assistant, uh-huh. my assistant. So here I am six months into sob- sobriety and working, and, and now I'm the assistant to the youth pastor. Right. And they give me the keys to drive the van. Oh, Lord. So it's like, I'm like, okay, looking back, don't give the guy trying to get off drugs <laughs> the key to pick up the kids in the van. But I mean, God just so there's two me. lessons so far that we've learned. I want to make sure we recap. First of all, don't give the high kid the mic. Right. <laughs> and don't give him the keys to the van. And they did both of those. But uh, anyway, they 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 uh, the ministers there graduated from a, a seminary in Lubbock, Texas. And uh, the church would do every fifth Sunday, the church would lead services. So the youth minister said, your job is to get everybody to lead the services. And so in, in the process of doing that, um, one time they came to me and they said, it's the fifth Sunday and you're going to organize the service, but uh, put yourself down to preach. Wow. And I was like, well, I'm not preaching. What am I supposed to say? And basically I came up, I read the whole chapter of 1 Corinthians 13 on love. And I said, this church has loved me like that. And when I got done, um, the ministry staff and people said, you need to go to Bible school. Wow. And the only reason I went is because I figured 
if I'm going to be a Christian, I need to say, know what the Bible says. And I didn't know any verses. Mm-hmm. You know, I knew John 3.16, but it used to be on the back of the football games and the goal exactly. posts, but that's it. <laughs> and so I went to Lubbock, Texas in that 1960 El Camino uh, uh, lowrider, hot rod, and I showed up there. And the people would complain in front of me to the dean of students and say, look at him. Why is he here? And I'd be like, you know, I could hear you, right? <laughs> and uh, the dean would hug me. And he would say, don't look at what he is now. Look at what Jesus is going to make him be. And then I get madder because I'm like, what if I'm already what Jesus wants exactly. me to be? You know, and it's like everybody has always tried to make me change from what God has made me. Mm. And, you know, I didn't want to be an addict, but my past is served, yes. you know, and I've always been rebellious. I've always questioned everything. I've always been a fighter. I've always gotten fights and kicked out of school for fighting and throwing chairs at teachers and people. And, and God has used that. And even in the church later, people would say, how come Miguel can't be peaceable? And my, one of my mentors here in San Antonio said, uh, everybody wants to make Miguel a peacemaker, and he's not. He said, if I want somebody to calm down a situation, I don't take Miguel. Exactly. But if I want somebody to fight for me, mm-hmm. Miguel's the first person I call. And so let Miguel use his gift. So you want somebody to fight for me, I'm your man. You want somebody to calm down the situation, call somebody else. Yeah. But... So I met my wife in seminary, and um, um, she was from Monterey, Mexico, uh-huh. and very, uh, very religious all her life, very drawn to the Lord all her life. And so here you have somebody that's the polar opposite, exactly. and she's very, a lot of etiquette, a lot of, she's prim, she's proper, she, she loves pomp and circumstance, and mm-hmm. here I am, you know, loud, obnoxious, ghetto, I don't follow any of the rules, and, and so, but I mean, love is blind, and I guess a yeah. little dumb too, because she didn't, <laughs> she didn't see how ugly I was, and she fell in love, and and uh, you know, we got we met and married at, at seminary within eight months. Wow! So we met when I arrived in January, which is funny because so you didn't let her change her mind. Not <laughs> really. Um, my sobriety date is October second, uh-huh. and and that's my birthday. So the last time I used drugs was October second, nineteen eighty nine. Mm. I arrived in seminary January second. 1990. And so I was really only from my last day of use, three months clean when I arrived at seminary. Wow. And so uh, I met my wife. You know, basically we chose South Texas because L.A. was too far. Yeah. And Mexico wa- was too far for me. Yeah. And, and even though we've done a lot of work in Mexico and mm-hmm. South America and in and, and that, you know, it, it wasn't the place for us to live. And right. Because... Uh, the blended ofness of our family and me being from the United States and her being from Mexico, the the West Side just ended up. San Antonio ended up being the perfect place. The perfect and place. And so God sent us here. We started uh, working on the West Side with the church. And mm-hmm. and uh, at the beginning, um, Oak Hills at the same time was starting. Well, let me let me say this while while, while we're listening to AM six thirty the Word and the Church of the Week program, and we're listening to Pastor. Miguel Feria, uh, that's that's exactly where I wanna I wanna jump into right now. How does this happen with Oak Hills? Uh, you don't let, let, maybe you haven't realized this, uh, or maybe you probably have. You don't sound like one of the ministers uh, that will be ministering at uh, Oak Hills Church. You, but you are. And so, how did that happen? Yeah, I'm like the mascot. You know, <laughs> um, I don't belong there, but God put me there, and so. 
Um, my wife and I were missionaries in Mexico with a church um, that's in Alamo Heights that supported us. And when we, our work was finished, because we were just there to to build a leadership structure and help a church that was growing. Um, so when we came back, I just told the church, is there anything you want me to do? I would like to honor you because you've supported me in doing what was mm -hmm. on my wife and I's heart and going back to her town. Um, I want to come back and do what you want me to do. And, and if not, I have other things that God will lead me to. And they said, no, we have a work on the, on the west side where, where we want you to help. And, and so I started working there. What, when was this? What year was this? Um, 2007. Uh -huh. 2006. Okay. And so I started working. It was a food pantry and a clothes pantry that the church had started giving money to. But at the time, at the same time, Oak Hills had started at the time our campus, which was called Fiesta Fellowship. And me and the minister there had known each other because we both had bilingual church, him in Stockdale and me in Pearsall years earlier, like mm -hmm. in 95. And so since the church I was at didn't want me to begin a church, I would do the Bible studies and tell our people to go to Westside, which is now Westside Fellowship. Right. And, and basically that's how we started at, at Westside. So basically um, I was sold to yeah. Oak Hills, basically. <laughs> and so... You know, basically, they approved me to work as associate pastor with, yeah. with the minister who had started uh, Westside. And then when he left, they asked me to stay. And um, so now tell me tell me a little bit about what is it like to go to the Westside campus, Oak Hills Church, Westside campus? But we're inner city church. It's focused on, on family, on broken families. Jesus talks about going to the least of these and, and whoever wants to be greatest should be servant of all. And that's really our gift. Our, our gift is to pick up the hurting and the broken. And everybody who walks through our doors is instantly family. And we're a, a bilingual church, slightly bilingual, like 70-30. And, and we have praise and worship in, in, in Spanish and in English. And, and really, it, it's a place where, where God has set us so we can heal the, the, the broken families uh, on the west side. And yeah. so everybody comes from gangs from drugs from from you know single mothers and you know multiple children from different fathers and god is just restoring and healing people there it sounds like to me as i as i listen to you family is is such a key component of your ministry and of your life what do you what do you say to that it's the number one thing i never had a family so or or a really a good family and so i didn't meet my real father until i was 18 yeah and so i didn't have my birth name until I got my driver's license. So the only thing I ever longed for in my life was a real family. And God gave me that. And he healed me. And so now, like, my, my method, my, my mission is I want people to be healed so they can have a family. Mm. And some people like me, that wasn't necessarily possible. Right. Um, but he gave me a family in the church. Yeah. And then I became a husband. And I became a father. And, and it was amazing because one of my biggest fears always and desires was to be the father I never was. Right. And one day when I was crying to my kids and lamenting my past, my daughters told me, but you are the father you never had. Wow. And, and that for me was, it was changing. I want, I want to do one last thing as, as we wrap up uh, this Church of the Week program, and we're featuring Oak Hills Church, Westside Campus with Pastor Miguel Feria. Uh, Pastor, won't you invite San Antonio Maybe there's somebody listening. There's probably somebody listening that's looking for a church, and and they like the culture, the Hispanic culture, uh, that that we are so rich in in San Antonio. Won't you invite somebody? Hey Amen. I, I think if you're 
anywhere in and around the west side, and even if you're not, we got cars now, so exactly. you can drive. <laughs> but uh, if you're looking to be healed, you know, if you're hurting, if you're suffering, if you're broken, west side is the place for you. And Jesus said, Matthew eleven twenty eight, come to me, all you that are burdened and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And, and that's what God will do. He will heal you. He will give you rest. He will bless you. He will put you back together. He will make sense of your past, and he will use it for his power, might, and glory, and he will change your life and change your family. Romans uh, uh, 6, 4 mm-hmm. says, you know, talking about baptism, that it's you, you're buried with Christ, you died with Christ, and then just as Jesus raised from the dead, so shall you live a new life, and Jesus wants you to live a new life. John ten ten, you know, uh, um, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come to give you life and life abundantly. At Westside, you will find Jesus who will give you that abundant Where's life. Where's Westside at? Right in front of Rosedale Park at on General McMullen, 321 North General McMullen. Major cross streets will be Commerce and General mm-hmm. McMullen on the west side. You see uh, uh, Rosedale Park, and you go up the big driveway up the hill. You know where it is because it used to be the bar. It used to be the bar. It used to be a bar. Yeah. All right. What time are your services? Uh, Sunday, 10 and 12, and then fellowship meal Wednesdays at 630. Amen. San Antonio, you've heard it here on Church of the Week, Oak Hills Church, West Side. You may, you may not have heard of the West Side campus, but they're there. They're in, the, they're in the thick of things over there by Rosedale Park. Sundays, 10 a.m., and again at 12 uh, noon. Come on out Wednesdays at 7 uh, at, at that same location, right there by Rosedale Park. So God bless you, San Antonio. Church of the Week is so happy that we have Oak Hills Church West Campus and Pastor Miguel Feria with us again. Thank you so much. God bless you, San Antonio. Thank you for joining us today as we featured our AM630 The Word Church of the Week. We hope that during this past half hour, you got a chance to know the pastor and learn something about their church. We encourage you to get involved in your local community church. If you'd like to nominate your pastor to be featured on an upcoming Church of the Week program, submit your nominations at am630theword.com.